before we dive into today's episode, I want to tell you about our free discovery call. If you're unsure how to start or build a consistent brand, let's talk. Just go to danielleclarkcreative.com to book your free discovery call and see how you can create a brand that helps you win more customers and reach your goals. Welcome to Build Better Brands. I'm Danielle Clark and this show is here to provide insights, techniques and strategies to help you establish a better brand with confidence and clarity. We're on a mission to help as many people as possible start and build stronger brands so they can create happier, healthier lives for themselves and those around them. Welcome to another episode of Build Better Brands. Today I am joined by Anthea. Um, Anthea McCourty, am I saying that right? You are indeed, yes. Okay, brilliant. Off to a good start. (laughs) (laughs) So Anthea, you're a registered nutritional therapist um, and you're also a personal trainer and a lover of yoga um and you do lots of other things amongst that you you do running um you do climbing you also do pole yes pole fitness, fitness. Uh, pole dancing I'm happy I was and this yeah. is the thing that's why I hesitated because yes, some people everyone like does <laughs> there's something about it everyone's like you do pole and it's like they wait for me to to say some people get really funny about dancing I'm cool with it because I do some pole stuff in heels a lot of it is pole fitness which is like the more sort of strength-based stuff so yeah either either is good with me awesome okay <laughs> so or you could do what my cousin does and call it stripper school that's like <laughs> that's all good with me <laughs> awesome pole enthusiast pole dancer and you're um a cook and I actually I've tried one of your recipes which was amazing because I made Ooh. the use of our air fryer which was air fried apples so baked apples with this uh yogurt and walnut kind of topping with some I don't know if it was honey or maple syrup but it was it it was so good oh I love that (laughs) that makes me happy oh good I'm glad yeah it absolutely loved it so um welcome to the show thanks for joining us thanks for having me so, um, obviously, this show, it's all about helping people to build better brands, be them business owners, people that want to become business owners and entrepreneurs and giving them insights into how people like yourself have done it. So um, tell us how long you've been running your business and helping people. Right. So my journey has actually been quite a long one because it's kind of gone through different stages so um if I kind of start from the very sort of inception of the business so I did the usual straight after school went to uni route um I went off and did uh economics at Manchester decided halfway through uh, economics was kind of dull for me didn't really appeal but I just wanted to get a degree so I specialised in development economics, which was a bit more interesting than just the straight graphs and stuff. Um, carried on, started in sales for a while, realised that um, I need like uh, 
I was supposed to go to Dubai with an ex-boyfriend of mine and that's, you know, that fell through. I was like, I need to decide what I want to do. And so I was kind of torn between studying nutrition and going to acting school. And um, I chose nutrition because I thought, well, that's kind of got a little bit more of a realistic chance of me sort of getting to where I want. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I've always been, like as a teenager, I was always very much into the sort of dieting approach. I was like very obsessed with calories and and all the kind of unhealthy attitudes that a lot of us had in the uh, in the nineties, and um, yeah, so I became really interested in actually what food could do for us. So I um I started studying um uh, at the uh, Center for Nutrition, Education and Lifestyle Management. It feels like that long ago. I forgot what it's <laughs> even called. So I did um, I did a BSc in nutritional therapy and I was doing that part time whilst I was working part time. And um, so it felt like a very long process. Then I qualified. Um, I started that 2006. I qualified end of 2012. And um, so I started off working as a nutritional therapist on this, um, like on the side of my day job. And I actually started out as you nutritional therapy um, because it was it was purely just nutrition. And then at the time, I'd been very interested in martial arts. So I was spending about 14 hours a week training. I was doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai, MMA. Yeah, it really kind of took over my life. And um, then I had a shoulder injury. Um, I actually tore part of the anterior labrum. So I had to have like quite full on surgery. And they said that I needed six to nine months off the mats. And it was all of a sudden, oh my God, I've got all this time. And then that coincided with a tax rebate so it was like right this is perfect for me to go and do a personal training qualification so I kind of built that on because it just made sense in terms of what I was doing yeah excuse me um because a lot of my clientele were women you know weight loss was was a big factor anyone coming to a nutritional therapist they're not just looking for weight loss they want to deal with some underlying health issues to to really sort of optimize their health and um yeah so I I I was still sort of building my business very much on the side of what I was doing so I gradually you know went down to four days in the office a week then down to three um and it really was a bit of a juggling act uh for a while and I was still you nutritional therapy um but the sort of final thing in my office career was I um, I wanted to go on holiday. And one of the guys who I worked with said, oh, I came back from India. I did this yoga Thai massage course and you should do that. So I was like, oh, that sounds exciting. And then I thought, well, why would I do that? Why don't I just do yoga? Um, mm-hmm. Because I started doing that um just on like videos when you know the day after a heavy jiu-jitsu session when I felt like I woke up feeling like I've been steamrolled which you know <laughs> so I mean some of the guys were like 135 kilos so it wasn't actually wow. that far off the actual feeling I'd imagine <laughs> um so I kind of blagged it a bit to go on the course yeah. but I just I knew that I would that I would like it and you know 
given that I'd started training people, I knew that it was something that I could do. And I absolutely loved it. I went to Goa for four weeks um, because I like to really immerse myself in, in things. I'm quite an all or nothing person. Um, and then when I came back, I was like, right, I need to hand in my notice. So then I went full time, but I was still... What year was that? That was the beginning of... So my last working day was in February 2017. Okay. So, yeah, I was... Yeah, so I was working full time, um, which was suddenly very scary. Um, Working full time and uh, it was only... And what was your full time job again? So my other job, I had been doing recruitment in the NHS for years, but then as I was sort of like easing off, as I was moving to part-time, I was in the IT department, just sort of PA, business, you know, business support officer. So like a lot of people, you had a a full-time job, Mm. you found a passion. Yes. It became a side hustle and then gradually that side hustle hustle took over yes yeah and allowed you to leave your full-time job and allowed you to really you know turn your passion into into your profession and start yes people. I mean that was that was always the plan that's okay. sort of why yeah. I did um because I had to do this nutrition degree because they um because you could technically work full time, I don't know how, but um, you couldn't get a loan for it, basically. Okay. And I'd already had the student loan for my my first degree anyway. Mm. So, you know, I was having to to pay for that. Um, so it was always like it was just like a little bit of a long haul investment. But I always wanted to do it with the scope to expand. Yeah. Um, OK, that's amazing. And- yeah, it was only though, I think it was like about a year ago or maybe a year and a half ago that I actually changed from you nutritional therapy um, to you bianthia um, because um, I just, I felt that that encapsulated more of the transformation side of things. And, you know, I'd, I'd moved on from just nutrition. Um, yeah, okay. So, so let's yeah. talk about, let's talk about, the transformation then so is that the main way in which you help people yeah because what I realized was with nutrition it was never just nutrition um you know even if it wasn't weight loss or fitness related there was so much more involved so now the way that I work is I work um with my one-to-one clients I generally would go to their homes um, certainly for the initial consultation, um, wherever possible. Uh, so I can really get, get a feel for how they're living, you know, get a feel for their lifestyle. If they do the transformation programs with me, then they're doing nutritional therapy as well as personal training and or yoga. Okay. So I'm going to them and building up that relationship. So we work on so much more. We work on sort of lifestyle changes as well. So it's, yeah. Yeah, it's much more all-encompassing um, than so, when I started. Do you tend to work quite locally then to where you are if you're going and seeing people? How how? Yeah, do I that? do. I do tend to work locally, but I'm moving. You know, obviously since the pandemic, most mm. of us did discover that we could do things online that yeah. we perhaps didn't think of. So um, I do work with clients who are further afield. So I'm based in Surrey, um, but I have a couple of clients in Manchester um who I've who I've seen for courses um over the years so I'm 
face to face. I'm limited locally, but what I do, I can do online <clears throat> as well. Okay. So you've transitioned from you, was it you nutrition? You nutritional therapy. To you by Anthea. Yeah. Okay. So it's, am I right in saying that you're really focusing on the personal brand now, the the fact that it is you yeah. and you're helping yes. people to transform? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so how is that, how have you found that, the fact that you are having to really put yourself yourself out there and be be the face of this brand now do you know what that side of things has been really liberating um when i started um because nutrition as a whole is this really funny area there's no like one governing body that sort of controls it i mean anybody can you know call themselves a nutrition whatever and um the organization that i'm with um which is bant uh the british association for nutrition and lifestyle medicine and i've probably said that wrong and <laughs> we'll get lynched by them it's okay um, I'll, i wouldn't have known <laughs> well that's that's the thing but they're very protective of it so they're very they're quite restrictive in how you promote yourself and certainly when i started that end of 2012 they that like the guidelines and restrictions that we had to follow I mean essentially I'm not exaggerating when I'm saying like you were almost discouraged from promoting yourself um it's like I couldn't say that I specialize in weight loss because it implies something and so it was like it was a bit of a minefield and so it yeah. felt very scary so actually becoming more of a personal brand to you know incorporate the different things that I do just it gave me a, a lot more freedom um because at the end of the day you're buying from the person and because I'm working with people one-to-one -one, they are buying into me so it allows me knowing that I've got that you buy out there and it is much more personal to actually put a lot more of myself across into what I do so you know looking back to sort of my early days of Instagram um and uh <laughs> even Facebook like it was soulless was it? like there was no personality in it it was very factual um and I know that the landscape has changed in general you know things have become a lot more informal um but yeah just for some reason having like my name in the brand it's just given me a lot more scope to to show myself. I mean, you know, I, I post my videos from climbing. I post my videos from pole fitness. I don't teach climbing. I don't, well, I, I assist in pole fitness classes, but it's not something that I'm doing with clients one-to-one -one yet. But I feel like I can show it because I want to show what I do. That, yeah. you know, I it's not just I practice what I preach, but I want to share what I'm about. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's so important. I I had a conversation with a uh, a client yesterday about this this perception that if you want to look professional is showing your face and showing who you are and what you do and what you get up to in in the evenings is that still professional? Um their brand is very 
from my perspective, comes across as very corporate, quite clinical. Um, Yeah, very, very, very professional, very Mm. almost stuffy. Um, And that was me being completely honest. But if you were to meet the person, their brand that they're portraying online Mm. and on the website and on LinkedIn does not reflect who they are. Oh, really? Yeah, the more I get to know them, the more I'm like, you really need to talk about you and your story yeah because that is what that's what makes you stand out from everybody else so if you're yeah. not sharing it it's like you just blend in yeah I, I had one of my best friends and she's sort of on the marketing side of things and she was the one that encouraged me when we changed to to you by Anthea she was like no we need to put you in there she was like you're you're coming across as very professional on video and she's like but that's not you she's like I want to see you and she kept sort of encouraging, like pushing me. She was like, look, you're this, you're this. She's like, we want to show the fun side. We want to show that sort of like that flirty, sexy side. She's like, don't like be afraid to show who you are because people will mm. buy into you. And at the end of the day, you know, you need to either repel or attract, you know, mm. like repel so would the people. You say, would you say you were afraid at the start then? Yeah, because it yeah. felt really um like yeah really unprofessional um but like I said it's been a lot more freeing and a lot more liberating to what's been the response I've generally had a positive response I've not I've not had anybody saying oh I don't like this change in uh in who you are I think people generally because they're going to be working with me they want to know what they're like. They want to know what they're getting yeah. when they start to work with me. So I think it is important not just to attract, but actually to put off the people that I'm not going to gel with. Yeah, because, so you know, yeah, I have, you know, I have discovery calls with people because I think it's so important for them to find out what I do, how I work, but also for me to get a sense of, no, we're not, we're not going to. Yeah work yeah. well together yeah. and it's a two-way thing isn't it it's the yeah. same with when so I lecture as well and I say to my students when you're going for an interview it's not just them interviewing you it's it's a two-way thing when they yeah at the end go any questions have your questions ask ask them about mm. their role and that how they feel about what they're doing it's and it's the same when you're about to work with someone it's it's a two-way thing and, yeah. and the better the better the connection the the better the synergy the results are going to be better yeah absolutely and I just I think that things have changed so much now for the better in terms of being able to show who you are things are a lot less I mean even LinkedIn is a lot less formal than it used to be um but you can show a lot more of yourself, but also show like the imperfect side. Um, And I think certainly in my field, it's almost become a bit of a trend to show that you're imperfect. Sometimes I think it goes a bit too far, but Mm. um, you know, I'm not like, I don't take a very draconian approach to my, my programs. Like I said, I don't do calorie counting. Um, I, you don't do calorie counting? No. Oh, God, no. no. Why is that? Because when I think about some of the um, the people that are in that landscape, mm. 
you know, that's kind of the, the one of the first things they talk about, calorie counting, being in a calorie deficit. Yeah. Why don't you do that? Because it's a massively flawed system. Um, calories are not the same across all foods. Um, calories um, are a very, very basic measure. Um, half the time they're not measured correctly. Um, especially when you've got food that's more than one ingredient is is practically impossible calorie output is again such a difficult thing you know those machines in the gyms and even even like our watches it's, it's wildly guesswork yeah but also food is information <clears throat> so 100 calories of almonds is going to do have a completely different impact on my body than 100 calories of I don't know gummy bears like mm. um and <laughs> and and also so much of it depends on our hormones so our sex hormone balance um sleep levels can can impact things um with like cortisol levels um you know the impact that food has on our blood sugar levels as to the kind of insulin response that it provokes through our blood sugar levels being dysregulated because insulin's a fat store so there's just so much and also in the gut as well we've got um our microbiome which is the population of of all the different microbes they have a massive impact as to how many calories how much energy is extracted from food so if you've got and there, and there are specific strains um and um families of bacteria that can that have been shown to directly impact mm. um, weight loss and weight gain. So there are just so many reasons. That's on the sort of the physiological front. Wow, okay. On the mental front, I work with so many women who have done so many different diets and their mindset and their whole attitude towards food is totally skewed mm. because of this whole calorie obsession. And, you know, one of my my like mission is all about empowering um, mainly women, but I do work with men as well to, you know, feel amazing about themselves. So not just discovering their health, but there's a massive mindset thing in there as well that will just directly impact their health yeah. and their food choices. And I like to really get them to focus on what different, you know, what foods can do to the body, what different foods mm. will do um, okay. and, and giving that empowerment and that feeling of nourishing their bodies which just shifts the mindset because mm. I even get some clients coming to me and, you know, we talk about what foods I like and dislike because uh, I don't like to just like give a, a list of foods to eat. You know, we work together. Um, but I've had women sat in front of me and they say, Do you know, I don't know what foods I like because they're so almost like disorientated food wise from the different diets and things that they've tried that they don't, really? they're so caught up in what's supposed to be good for them and bad for them they don't even know what they like I can I mean straight away I'm thinking about my favorite foods like I've never had <laughs> and I think maybe this is partly to do with my upbringing mm. my mum I never remember seeing my mum worrying about her weight worrying about what she was eating she used to try and give me all kinds of different types yeah. of foods and um that's brilliant yeah and and I think because of that I've always been you know very comfortable about saying mm. that I enjoy my food which yeah 
And like, I remember even talking to friends and, and, you know, when I was dating or going on dates and I'd be like, oh yeah, we're like, we're, we're going to Nando's because I, I love chicken. I love mm. corn on the cob. And they'd be like, oh my gosh, you're going to eat in front of them on a the first date. Oh and my I, God. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And I'd be like, yeah, like. <laughs> and so I can, I can kind of see what you mean that, that, that women from my experience can have mm. this um these hang-ups about eating yeah. and being seen eating and, and being seen eating certain foods but do you know um, what it's interesting that like your friends said that because the guy wouldn't think twice about yeah. you eating you'd probably be quite annoyed thinking well why have I brought you here if you're not eating yeah. <laughs> but I I used to find that because in the office where I worked it was a lot of women in there and so like there'd be it was very much a typical NHS admin office, like, you know, cakes and things would be brought mm. in a lot. And doing, you know, even when I was studying nutrition and people would be very interested in what I was eating. And if I went to go and get a slice of cake for them, oh, it's like, yeah. I I believe in an 80-20 approach. So 80% of the time, that's when you're making those really good choices, you know, according to what your goals are, etc. But then you've got 20% leeway there if you want it mm. to go off yeah. piste, enjoy what you want because life is short. Life yeah. is worth That's living usually in. Saturday for me. <laughs> so, After hockey, there's normally yeah. pizzas. I normally have a beer and like, yeah. that's okay. Yeah, I get comments and I think like, I this is annoying me. Mm. But if I was somebody with feeling very conscious about what I was eating and um, you know, my body, then it would really get to me mm. after a while. And I mean, I would be quite comfortable to sort of shut it down and say, Yeah, this cake tastes great, onto, you know, onto the next mm. thing. I was almost like, Are you expecting me to justify <laughs> my food choices? Because that's not gonna happen. Yeah, and fair play. And so I mean, is there, a, is there a personal story around why you want to empower women and give them confidence? Yeah, yeah. Because my whole journey into confidence has been quite a, um, yeah, quite, quite a challenging one. I okay. think inherently in my core, I'm a confident person. And I was very confident as a kid up to a certain age. Like apparently my first day of nursery school, I put on sunglasses, my mum's lipstick, like ski hat <laughs> tried to go into her heels um, so you know I was bossing it at that age and then that's brilliant <laughs> but then I went very shy when I changed schools and um because I went to quite a bigger girls school and like for years it was this kind of like enforced sense of modesty and you could never be seen to like like yourself too much and mm. um it's like, uh, have you seen Mean Girls? Yeah. So, you know, when they're stood in front of the mirror yeah. and they're all saying the things that they hate, it's very much like that. God. I think that's so relatable for so many of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're all I supposed to have these... for a long time. It's a great film. I know. I, I, I want to watch it again, <laughs> having said that. But I think we can relate to it so much. And, um, you know, I went to, I went to dance school because I was very much into dance and gymnastics as a kid. And uh, the dance school that I went to was a bit of a stage school. And I got very self-conscious there, um, especially because I sort of started developing before the other girls did. And so I was very conscious about my body. 
Um, and yeah, I just struggled with confidence for ages, even though like in secondary school, my group of friends were like the loud, yeah. the loud bunch and, yeah, and very confident, <laughs> just, just very confident. And, but I was always the person like, even in, I, I'm, I'm not even joking, even in sixth form, like if, if I was told off and I was a really good student, but if I was told off, my eyes would start to water like oh, it would just be the default thing I'd be like oh my god come on you're 17 <laughs> like pull it together <laughs> so I did struggle but then my friends were all very confident and they mm. helped to sort of bring me out of myself but I know that deep down I'm a confident person like my mum is quite a shy person naturally but I think she's put on these layers so that she is this very confident person. And I mean, you know, my mum's Guyanese and the, the, the whole fam, like, if you know, Guyanese people, they're not, they're not quiet. They're, they're very, they're not wallflowers. <laughs> no, no. So I think, you know, she was very conscious that she didn't want me to be, um, that she didn't want me to be shy, but uh, yeah, I, I've nice. always had that kind of that conflicting, like um, sense of being very confident, but, I want to be like you know my whole sort of my big mission is I want to be as visible as possible to be able to reach as many people as possible so I always want to be seen I want to but at the same time there is that sort of conflicting shyness so I've had to work at it through different ways you know I've done sort of different therapy um because I've, I've battled with depression for several years um I've got a much better hold of it now, but it is something that, you know, does rear its head. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, when I started martial arts, like a lot of it was sort of forced confidence that I had to start with, almost like the sort of fake it till you make it. But I think even though that is cliched, sometimes you kind of have to yeah, do it that totally. way. And I think it's the same with, with starting anything. I There's always... Like there's always going to be something else that you need to learn, something else yeah. that you need to do, something else that you need to improve. But yeah. If, if you don't ever start, then you'll never, ever know. Exactly. Ever. And and when you keep doing things, then it gets easier. Yeah. So, you know, I remember for even a few years when I was doing the martial arts, literally every time I walked in, I would be nervous, mm. even though nobody would know that at all. Because I was going in, I was only one of a few girls and it was a very macho environment. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I had to go in, be strong, give as good as I got. Um, and, you know, it, it was it was really good fun. But I had to kind of almost like put that armour on. Um, and I think that's OK. And yeah. I think that's really important, especially <coughs> as, as business owners, that we're... We do do things confidently. I think it's it's okay maybe being a little bit uncertain. Mm. But again, I think I think that's okay because if you go in with that mindset that okay, I'm going to do my best. Mm. I'm I'm going to give this a good go and I'm feeling pretty good about this. Mm. You know, even that even having that initial positive mindset and and thinking that way will make you it will give you a better result anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I am. Um, 
I know when I when I first started, um, as well as feeling sort of constrained by what I could and couldn't say, I I was my own worst enemy for years. Like I said, it's been a long journey, but I really only feel it's been like the last few years, the last couple of years even, that I've really properly been doing what I should have been doing. Mm. Not even in terms of strategy and stuff, but in terms of actually putting myself out there. Um, because I am a perfectionist, which, you know, as we know, is is a fabulous procrastination excuse. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I just, I started just like, okay, well, I'm going to put myself on video every day. And, you know, when I started going full time and I was putting up yoga videos, I'd be doing like 20 takes because it had to be put, it's like, yeah. now I don't have time for that, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know and I and I think you just have to at some point accept it's not going to be perfect but I'm not trying to sell perfection because I want to I think you know I, I'm, I've got a much clearer um, outlook on what I want to project in terms of my marketing I want to mm-hmm. show you know what my clients are capable of I want to keep things as realistic as possible Um so yeah, I'm I'm not afraid to sort of put myself out there anymore. But I had to take that that leap to do it. Yeah, and that can feel uncomfortable at first, but it's just knowing that yeah, you're going to get to a point where it is going to feel easier. It's going to become more second nature, and you are not going to have the time, and you're not really going to care so much if it's completely perfect. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm doing lives now, and sometimes in my head I'm even thinking oh Anthea shut up you're waffling (laughs) but do you know what that's me and I've had I had a similar conversation with my mentor who's he's worked he's worked for some amazing companies he ran his own agency and and employed you know 20 odd people um and you know we were having conversations about him showing up on his stories and the fact that sometimes he wonders if people want to hear or see this and he, mm. and I'm and I'm like and I'm thinking you you feel that way but you're mm. and and yeah in it I think it's just we're all human and I think I think the moment you don't have any nervousness any slight self doubt if yeah. that all goes and you start feeling comfortable in everything you do mm. and you're not pushing yourself anymore. Exactly. I mean, I, I have taken the approach that I say yes to things um, even before I feel like I'm ready. And I think it was, yeah. I don't know, Richard Branson, I think is a big proponent of that because back in, um, well, I was still working actually, because I remember my boss was very cool about it. I think it was t- 2015 2016 like I got um uh approached by the company that Vicky Patterson was working with when she had a nutrition um uh range and yeah so they sort of said oh can you do some recipes and meal plans and things and I was like you know I'm I'm just thinking of all the reasons why that would be difficult thinking I'd like to and I was like no yes and then I'll work it out yeah and then you know, a big thing going out of my comfort zone. And one of my big things was actually, we recorded some videos doing some cooking of a few of the recipes to go up on the site. 
and that was a brilliant experience. I mean, you know, Vicky is lovely. She was absolutely lovely to work with. Mm. Um, and I really enjoyed being on the camera then. And, yeah. you know, they were pleased with how I did. I was like, yeah, like yeah, this is all right. Yeah. yeah I was like, yeah. I'm really getting it. Like I could, I could get used to this. Yeah, and, yeah. and I think that was really good. Cause I was like, it was out of my comfort zone, but I loved it. Um, I know what you mean. I was so I posted recently about all the times I felt really uncomfortable this week because mm. I've been doing things that I don't normally do. Like I oh, did a branding good. masterclass. Um I I did a in-person brand strategy session and just things that I'm just that I want to do that I hadn't really done and and initially you think, Oh god, but then you do it and you come out the other side and I was buzzing. But you come across as such a confident person. Thank you. So, because I remember when I when when we first met, and you were mm. so um, like charismatic. Like you've you've got a personality that comes across. So I can't imagine you not doing things that you're you know sharing and and being open. Yeah. Um, I appreciate that. A lot of people say that, and it's yeah, it's we all have it, and I think it's good to to share that because it makes people other people go oh okay so it's not not just me even the people yeah. that I think are confident struggle so if nothing else it's going to empower other people to just go and give it a go so yeah I think um, I think also as well like I think we tend to forget that confidence doesn't just look one way um because there's there's at least one thing that we're all confident in because what I'm really trying to do this year is think about transferable skills. So with the activities that I'm doing, I had to stop martial arts um, in 2017 because of of my shoulder surgeries. Um, And so, you know, I was trail running for a while and I put myself in for races and and took myself out of my comfort zone. I did a half marathon that was a a Monroe. So it was like, I think, oh, 3,000 feet of elevations and things and it was disgusting I'll never do it again but I did it (laughs) well done right when I got to the finish line and I realized that my dad who had asked to come and meet me had gone to the wrong car park and that just sort of triggered the emotions (laughs) but you know and then I started um climbing and pole dancing because I was like I've been saying for years that I'm going to do this, I'm getting bored of myself saying that I'm going to do it and not doing it. So I hit 40 and I was like, let's just do it. And then I was like, I'm doing things and I'm putting myself into these situations. I'm, you know, climbing like on the roof things. I'm like getting excited by like the the scary looking climbs and, you know, I'm happy. I'm like the first one to want to do the harder move and in pole. And I'm like, I can be really brave and daring with this. I need to like put that into how I'm working with my business. So that's my real focus for this year. I think that's amazing. Doing, doing more things that you've been saying that you want to do. I think getting on with it. Yeah, Yeah, totally. And then using that to channel, you know, channeling that same energy into your business. What, yeah, what a great thing to do. That's that's what I'm and that's what I try and do with my clients at the same time because mm. um, you know, the reason why I went for the more generic you by Anthea and not like, you know, I moved away from nutritional therapy and it wasn't like fitness or anything like because I do believe that 
these things do have a much wider impact. I think every client is different, but in terms of sort of body changes, nutrition will be the main thing. And then the exercise and fitness will come after that in terms of the sort of physiology of changes. But mentally, I really like to focus on the fitness side of things, especially women. I love to get them to realize what they're capable of, Mm. because that I think has such a knock and effect in terms of, you know, if they realize what they're capable of, if they start feeling strong, they want to nourish themselves and look after their bodies differently. So true. It's so true. Like, that's one of the reasons that I I recently started um, doing, I suppose, really, I'm doing powerlifting at the nice. gym. Nice. Um, and, like, I get a buzz off of knowing how, how strong I am because I didn't realise mm. until my coach was like, try that. And, you know, I've I've passed a 100K on a deadlift now. So I'm in that club. Nice. And I'm like, actually... I knew I was strong, but I'm I'm pretty strong, and it does it does have an impact on you. Yeah, mindset. you feel powerful yeah, and, and totally. capable. Yeah, that's awesome. So, Anthea, if you could be remembered for one thing, no, we talked about transformation, yeah, and, and confidence and all that sort of stuff. But if you could be remembered for one thing, what would it be? I would love to be remembered for empowering people to fit to to know what they're capable of um whether that's physically that can then lead on to mentally but I just my biggest fear well I have a few fears but one of my biggest fears in life um is just wasted potential Mm. and I just think whether you're religious or, or not, I think it's it's a sin or like it goes against the law of nature not to to know what we can do, um, you know, a- across all aspects. But I just think like physically, health wise, I just think that has such wider effects. It has such knock on effects. So I would just love to be the person that can help people to realize what they're capable of yeah I think that's amazing that's what a what a wonderful kind of legacy to want to try and leave yeah do you know I mean this is why I I'm you know when you're running your own business it's hard it's Mm. it's rewarding but it's hard and Mm. I think there gets to a point where you know whether it's your passion or not yeah, because Which is why I say to people, you can't just do something because you want to get rich. No, <laughs> you've no. got to enjoy it. It's got to be something you that that lights a fire in your belly. It's got to be something that you would happily do for hours on end for free. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And so, I'm I'm very lucky that I absolutely love what I do. Yeah. Um. Good for you. So yeah, like yeah. and and loving what you're doing, knowing that you can make a difference I think is just it gives you that sense of purpose I think Mm, absolutely so for anyone that wants to contact you that is looking for transformation is looking to to find out you know what their potential really is how can they get in touch so I'm on the socials uh I'm on Instagram 
mainly, um, and that's at you.by.anthea, um, which isn't my email address like I gave to you the other day. Um, that's a, that's a, that was embarrassing when I got my own email it's address fine. wrong. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, you can also head over to the website, which is you by Anthea. So Y-O-U B-Y-A-N-T-H-E-A dot co dot UK. Um, and at the moment I have a membership site. So if you wanted to be part of a community where you've got weekly meal plans and shopping lists and you've got online um, fitness and yoga sessions that are live and recorded and, you know, we do challenges and just really encourage it, you know, everyone to support each other and um, then yeah just go to uh uk forward slash together awesome thank you so much for coming on today oh thank you for having me it's been a pleasure awesome thanks Thank you for listening to Build Better Brands. I am so grateful to have you tuning into the show and I'd love to thank you personally. So wherever you are in the world, remember to tag at Danielle Clark Creative in your social media posts and stories. Let us know when you're listening. We want to know what you've enjoyed about the show and give you a show tag. And if you would like to help more people like you discover the show, please subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. It's going to help us rank higher and reach more listeners. It's also a great way for us to help you with the problems your brand might be facing. Suggest a topic in your review and we might feature it and you in one of our episodes. Thanks again for listening. See you next time.